Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lana. Joining me is Owen Benjamin, family man, homesteader, thought criminal, and the world's most banned comedian. Thank you for joining me, Owen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it took us long enough enough to do this, but here we are, and we're both in Idaho. Isn't that something, huh? It's a great place to be. It's awesome here. <laughs> so do you feel like you're finally at home? I do. We were talking about that right before we went live, but I feel like it's uh, it's an important thing to be in an area where people relate to you and want you there. And uh, I don't mind fighting. You know, I don't mind people yelling at me. I don't mind media. I don't mind any of that. But when you have a bunch of little kids, it's it's really important to uh, be in a place where your ideas and your behavior and who you are actually is a, is a helpful thing versus a harmful thing. And uh, we made the move. And now I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of those other places are descending into a terrible environment for anybody. And now a lot of the very people that were so crazy to me and my family would now are now trying to get me to help them find land in Idaho. And I'm like, you're not, good luck, man. You know, it's not happening. Yeah, I know that when we first got to Idaho, it felt very healing because we've been attacked so much, myself personally, especially like you. And so it's nice to be able to go somewhere. Like I'm used to being yelled at and called all these dumb names in the press, too. So it's I've had to toughen up. But it's so nice and healing to be in a place where there's a lot of like-minded people and just normal families. You can have these good conversations. Your kids have someone to play with, which is so important, you know, that you're friends with the parents of the kids and you don't have to worry about it when they get together that somehow some global homo is gonna get in there you know oh yeah and that stuff really damages kids i mean it's becoming really obvious why they go at kids and uh especially with what's happening now in schools and with the 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 bubble wrap they're putting around everybody and the lying and the the guilt and the shame um it's just really beautiful to be able to be around other people that can see it and uh just want to live their lives well, we have a similar trajectory in the fact that we're, you know, banned from services and platforms. I mean, it was crazy like, what was happening to you yeah. and, and to us just for telling the truth. And I think uh, you were getting really popular. That's one of the reasons, right? So we've been forced to uh, find or build alternatives as you're doing. And of course, the m most important thing is really happening. I noticed last year, community building. People are, know that this has to be taken offline and we need to, you know, prepare our own villages, our own ecosystem, have our, our tribes, you know, to help support each other because we all feel that times are going going to get tough. Uh, smart people know that this system is going to lash out and it's also going to go down. And I was watching your documentary here, um, Building Barataria, and you made a comment on how horrible that would be that when you're left with real freedom, you find yourself in a situation where you don't know how to garden, you don't know how to hunt, you can't shoot a gun, you don't know any kind of uh, basic skills, and you don't even trust your neighbors. You don't even know who your neighbors are, and you're left right. all alone without a community, right? Exactly. A lot of people talk about freedom and I'm always like freedom from what and freedom to do what. And so I'm like you in that sense where I was uh, taken off a lot of things that I thought I depended on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, PayPal, Venmo, Vimeo. My wife wasn't even allowed on uh, Airbnb. I mean, it was just crazy. I, you know, theaters and comedy clubs where they had my picture hanging on the wall, I wasn't allowed to even rent the space. And I'm not a criminal. I've never even been accused of a crime. Like there, it was so nonsensical. Like I would rent out a theater, sell it out. And then the last minute they'd say, Oh, you can't, you can't go here. I wasn't allowed on, um, I wasn't allowed on, uh, uh, 
the crowd GoFundMe. They shut me down after 10 minutes, you know, but you could crowdfund a, a child's transgender sex change operation. Like it got to a point where I had to face the darkness of it and see, and I either could go through it and come out the other side or be broken by it. And fortunately I wasn't broken by it and I saw what it really was. And it was a time when God, reality, nature, whatever you want to call it, showed you what was of you and your people and what was never yours to begin with. And so uh, it's kind of like 2020. I said 2020 was the year the masks came off, ironically, where the people you thought you knew showed you what they really were. And then 2021, you know, was uh, like a blackjack reference. Like, is the house going to win or are you going to win? So I, during that time, it was actually really a spiritual awakening for me when it showed me what I couldn't have ever counted on. And now a lot of the slaves of Babylon, they're still there. And I'm still there in certain ways. I still use certain uh, privileges, but it, they're, they're more and more twisted by it. They're more and more being manipulated by it. They're, they're being asked to hollow themselves out more and more just to stay on these things because I also learned something really amazing about the government. I used to be more of like um, an anarcho-capitalist libertarian type. Yeah, we've and all been there. <laughs> What's that? So we've all been there. Yep. One, one of yeah, the, and then the I steps. Realized yeah. That one of the only places I could tour was the government libraries. Like I was in Pittsburgh and I was on a sitcom um, set in Pittsburgh for three years on TBS. I was one of the main characters. I've done Comedy Central specials, Adam Sandler movies. Vince Vaughn tours like I was a high ranking comedian and um, and then you know when I started speaking out publicly about the transgender child movement I lost agent manager I wouldn't apologize I started going more and more and more than the neocons tried to get me with them like the uh, Crowders and all those guys then I saw Teva Pharmaceuticals out of Israel you know I I don't I don't cuck like it's not in my nature and I'm not like a mean guy or an angry guy but I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not going to lie for what we coined lollipops and fancy pants. And so as these things kept happening, I realized the one place where my speech was actually protected was the, the city libraries, you know, and the city libraries wouldn't cancel me. And so it changed my whole perspective about what the constitution is, what the government is, what the sheriff is, what the commissioners are versus what this false freedom that the ANCAPs are pushing of like, oh no, capitalism is ultimate freedom. I'm like, okay, well, my money doesn't allow me to get in any theaters. And I'm talking the week after a Chippendales thing or like Anderson Cooper or something like that. Like there was no moral justification for banning someone because I won't not make fun of Jews or black people or something like that. I'm like, if I do a bit about the Irish and the Danish, and I'm not allowed to make fun of the Jews or the blacks. It's like, I can't be a comedian. I'd literally have to quit in shame because that's crazy. And so uh, the more I saw this, the more I realized that it, it's a grand illusion that this whole like capitalist freedom thing is nonsense, that the dollar is in our nation. And then you start looking at what is a nation? You know, what is uh, a tribe? What is a clan? What is a family? What is um, what are the laws of this realm? And then you start really seeing the responsibility we have that if we want to criticize the B system or criticize groups of people that are protected uh, by this global homo, it's like, it's okay. They're not just going to kill you or anything, but they're going to take away what they made. 
And then that became this inspiring opportunity of like, okay, so I don't have to eat their poison food anymore. I don't have to live in their shitty neighborhoods. I don't have to, uh, you know, uh, chase their dollars. Like I thought would be how I won this game. And my life got a lot more fruitful. The people around me got a lot better, higher quality. Um, I slept better. I got healthier and my comedy got better. And so they don't control, they don't control, uh, everyone's barn, everyone's land, everyone's warehouses. And then that's how we developed the great bear trail where private owners of, uh, like a warehouse in Portland, like I performed in Portland two years ago, you know, a place where I was doing the theater there doing, uh, whatever that comedy club's called, like headlining it for a whole weekend. And then the next year I'm not allowed anywhere. Uh, like this, the, the Woodman family or the Redmond family right downtown, they own this whole city block of, um, they make wood, like they make, uh, uh, timber, or I mean, they, they make like planks of wood and they're like perform here. And so sold like 800 tickets and then performed standing on the back of a truck in a warehouse. And it was called, that's so cool though. <laughs> yeah. It's a dude. It was so amazing. It's like what comedy should always have been like mainstream comedy is like, it, it's a contradiction. Like you can't be a fun rebellious comedian and have the devil give you lollipops. It just doesn't make any sense. So we start the speakeasy comedy and we start, uh, and then from there you realize why certain groups pretend to be oppressed when they're not, you know, where they draw swastikas on their own walls and freak out and call the ADL. It's because there's a value in it. And so the fact that the world seemed to be against us was exciting. And we could then, uh, the community started growing and people were like, you know, you can perform on my land. I'd love to donate, you know, and then I, we raised money for, a piece of land where we could have get togethers and picnics and stuff. And, and the better, the higher the morality we were and are and became the less you could even criticize it because it's not like we're uh, starting uh, a militia or, not that that's even wrong. That's in the constitution, but the fact it really was just a comedian with a family trying to continue doing his job, there really is no way to attack it. And so that's why I'm very optimistic about the future, but it does require uh, a great deal of acceptance of responsibility that if you, you know, if you, uh, the grocery stores aren't ours, the supply chains aren't ours. And a lot of very demonic people have done some real humiliating, terrible things to get control of these services. And so if, if you don't want to play ball with them, you have to face the reality of what that means. And that is local supply chains, local communities, large families, you know, if you if you're against mass migration, if you don't want a, your population to be replaced by Somalians, you're going to have to get your birth rate higher. You know, you because we do need truck drivers and farmers and all that. And so that was uh, a calling for me to also have more children and to populate America with Americans. And so these are all things that I think are are wonderful things to look forward to. And the Babylonian B system of a lot of these cities, it can't sustain its own weight anymore. No, and, and I think I think it's really a blessing in disguise, too, that God or, or the gods are forcing people to disconnect. They're putting them in these situations. A lot of people that are, they know that this system is evil, but they're still profiting off of it. But now we're being called to basically live our truth and, and you know, walk the talk, right? Uh, yeah, and disconnect exactly. from that. And I feel like it's a blessing in disguise for a lot of people. I try and see the positive thing. I think it's only going to crumble more and more. And so I'd like to be less and less dependent 
dependent on that because think of when it all comes crashing down and there is nothing that you can uh, go to, how much harder it will be. Whereas if you're already preparing and you have your one one foot where you're trying to create this other village and become more uh, self-sufficient, like for instance, this vaccine mandate. I know a lot of friends who are in jobs they hate. They work for corporations that are horrible, evil companies and they know it, right? But they make their money, they're comfortable and all this. Well, now the jab is happening, right? So now they're being forced out of that position because they don't want to take the jab and I say hey it's actually a blessing because you you don't like your employer you don't like what they what they sell you're not actually happy there it's all toxic and you don't want to be a part of that energy you know so you're being called you're being forced to go create or go you know work for someone better right oh 100% and also your job if if your job is mandating vaccines they don't value you and it probably won't exist in 2 years so it doesn't even matter. Like it's it's a way that they're showing you uh, what the future is. I mean, my mom was a professor, and um, uh, and she was pressured to denounce me and all this stuff because I was like laughing about a Holocaust joke or something, and I said and I said something. I was like, oh, my mom was like laughing at some, and so they fired her, and because she wouldn't, Jeez. she would, she wouldn't. Uh, it was it was nonsense. It was just crazy. She wouldn't um, go along with that. And they also were changing all the, the literature. She teaches children's lit and she's all about, you know, uh, mythology and children's lit and all this really cool stuff. And they were trying to change uh, Huckleberry Finn. You know, they were taking out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. What's the language situation here? Can I just say? Yeah, I don't you're good. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's a there's a, a character named Nigger Jim. And you, you, so that's an American classic. And you're just going to take words out. And my mom was like, why are you trying to do that? Like, why would you try to remove a word if it's in a book that's been here for like a century and it's not going to change anything? And, and so they fired her and then, you know, she she accepted that and she was a little hurt by it, but she kept going. Yeah, right there, right in Wikipedia, Nigger Jim. That's the name of the, That's the name of a character that isn't, you know, the way they're <clears throat> dealing with uh, political correctness is they're trying to say that. If you ban a word like a Hulkrox, it's right out of Harry Potter, you, you change intention, which is insane. It's one of the reasons I got kicked off uh, Twitter is, uh, oh, I, let me finish my thought before I get into that. Um, her job's now gone and everyone in her department is now gone. Oh, so see? even yeah. if she had cucked, even if she had uh, sold out her son, you know, and it's not even that I have necessarily super strong opinions on the Holocaust. I don't even care. I was a World War II history major and I think... It's a funny thing to make fun of because it's so ridiculous how there's laws against questioning any aspect of it. So that's where my radar immediately goes. So their reaction was obviously insane. And then all the jobs are gone anyway. So if they don't like, for example, a plumber, a carpenter, a linesman, they're not going to make you take a vaccine because they need the they need to flush their piss away. Like this is it's it's about the value of your job. And so if you're in a nonsensical job like you're hosting Dancing with the Stars for $20 million a year. They're going to make you say anything they want. And if you have a problem with that, you got to give up your money. And so that's, that's what a lot of people are facing now. And I promise you, it's the right move is to give up the money. Yeah. I was making between 10 and 20 grand a night performing at colleges. And I had to go to $20 an hour working as a tree guy for my brother. Literally, and it's all documented. That's the thing that makes me so dangerous to these people is my life is so documented. It's so true. It's not, it's not like I'm making any of this shit up. 
my agent said, like, because of your beliefs about the transgender child situation, that you think it's abuse, which it is, we can't represent you. And then, you know, UConn writes to me saying I can't perform there because of my views on transgender children. And and so I, I accepted the, the right path and it sucked for a while. I was angry for a little while, but out of it came a tremendous amount of knowledge. And there's a difference between riches and wealth. Like wealth is being able to have your kid not wear a mask. It's being able to drink raw milk from a local farmer. It's being able to speak your mind with a clear conscience, like putting in a hard day's work, getting respect from your wife, sleeping well. You know, land ownership is is a form of wealth. And um, rich is like how much debt-based fiat do you have in your little bank account uh, and what you're willing to do humiliation-wise in exchange for it. And I promise you the right path is not uh, riches. It's insane. Absolutely. And I think you and I, we both wandered a bit before we we realized <laughs> something a little late in the game. We're doing now what we should have done. Geez, like, you know, started doing like 20 years ago. You know, it's like we, we really got sucked in that uh, Generation X, right? Like, don't have kids. You don't need the mortgage. You know, you don't need all this stuff. And just and now it's even worse, I think, for the the younger generations. I mean, they don't even know how to cook now. They're just uh, ordering in uh, from DoorDash all the time. Yeah, I know, but it's still a blessing because we wouldn't have had the perspective if we were just like, you know, I, I know families that have done that and they're legendary and a lot of them have like 10 kids and are real peaceful and happy and all this. But would we have had the drive to tell everybody if we if we hadn't been on the other side? That's so true. So you know, true. like I used, I used to tour the world, like you've been around the world and and I used to think that partying and hooking up and and all this stuff was like the greatest thing ever. I was like, why would anyone settle down? You know, and, and I was like programmed to think that way. And I was programmed to uh, to uh, kind of have that nihilistic worldview and slow. And, and then it just got to a point where I realized that that was one of the worst tricks. It was like this crazy illusion. And now I'm just have a lot more passion to tell people about it because I've experienced it, you know, and I and I don't want others to ruin, not ruin, but I don't want others to waste all their time like I did because I didn't have strong role models. And my wife, Amy, brought something up. She's about how she doesn't know any of her friends that have gotten divorced. And I'm like, that's really good. And, Especially, and I, I do. Yeah. yeah, I think divorce rates going down because the baby boomers were such a mess. You know, <laughs> we went to the moon, uh, BJ's and, you know, Woodstock. They were so selfish that their divorces, I think, affected a lot of young people. So the ones that didn't go nihilism and got married, I don't think that they're going to divorce as high as the baby boomers did. I don't know. I haven't checked the stats, but I I do feel like young people have an opportunity to be like, because I get handwritten letters. Like, I have like, look at this. Like, this is just one barrel. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, that's cool. Those, those are the best. I love the handwritten letters. Oh, yeah. I get thousands of them. And a lot of them are like, 15 year olds, 20 year olds, young people being like, I see it. What do I do? You know? And then I tell people to start a garden or get a chicken or something. And then they just keep going because the illusion is breaking. They, they can't hold up the, the moon landing, let alone, you know, five-year-old boys or really girls give them uh, methamphetamines and put them in the corner. It's like, you can't have a, a functional society. And I think even the third world is running out of people to import. It's just like, you have to go back to the basics. And I do think there's going to be a massive amount of 
uh, loss of life and chaos and stupidity for several years, and then it's just going to be epic. I don't yeah, know, though. I could I, be wrong. I wanna, I, yeah, I, I do want to. I want to ask you about coming. that, a little bit about that. But I first wanted to ask you, I want to ask you about, you know, demographics. We'll talk about kids and all that stuff. But I want to know a little bit about Barataria. I was uh, looking through the documentary. It, it was well done. So it's kind of a self-sufficient uh, ecosystem that you're building. Uh, it's been attacked, of course, by communist media people, you know, the coastal elites. <laughs> saying it's yeah, yeah. An armed compound, the next Ruby Ridge, which was a tragic <laughs> story, by the way, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and in fact, one alleged, I should say, a pedophile activist that's in uh, Idaho was attacking you guys, right? Trying to get your building project shut down and all that. I, there was yeah, actually yeah, some... Yeah, Mike Whelan. We have yeah. some footage of that. I just... We can cue that up and play it. I think it was at uh, yeah, 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 totally. the second part. Just you can uh, see the mean? kind of scum that that attack. Pedophile. It's always some pedophile. Alleged pedophile, I've noticed. Yeah, scum. It works because we've been attacked by it for so long. There's a very small amount of people doing this. And so, this is the guy... Hang on a second. <laughs> That's Mike Wieland, and he's alleged to be a pro-pedophile guy. He looks so like we it. sent our documentary yeah. guys to his office. Turns out his office is just his house, and he's just a wheelchair guy. By the way, he can walk. It's all bullshit that he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Hello, you can Mike. claim he's uh, oppressed. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. We are with uh, Owen Benjamin. Okay. And uh, it has to do with the uh, the recent article. Okay. We're just wondering, um, like, where you got your, your sources from. Like, what do you know about Owen Benjamin? Nothing at all. Never met him. Late day Tuesday, the commissioners, and I got the documentation from uh, the people making the complaint, and that's where the article came from. Okay. The people making the complaint were Reddit trolls, just to let you guys know that. And when you looked at the... You know, and the madness of the complaints, it's just crazy. And they got it all the way to, like, the commissioner and all this stuff. Guys, I'm breaking zero laws, and the community is overwhelmingly supportive of me. This so is what were lies. these complaints that went to the uh, commissioner? Like, what was their deal? Oh, my God, someone is uh, building on their land. Like, what are they saying? Oh, they were saying I was starting a militia and a paramilitary and all this stuff. And, uh, and just th that I was building a, a, a fortified castle and I was starting a cult and just insane shit, you know, insane, easily, uh, provably not true. The cult and, that's going to grow food. Oh my God. Yeah. And they would, uh, they would take clips from when I was first coming up with this idea. And we're originally looking at a place with, uh, 200 acres versus 10. And I have a friend who runs a, uh, a tactical training program. We used to work for Homeland security and stuff like the guy's real legit. And I was like, oh, yeah, he can do training courses there for donors, which I thought was a great idea. We didn't raise enough to get the 200 acres, but we raised enough to get 10. And so that was then off the table because of noise situations. And so I just that was over. You know, it was never even a thing. It would have been a thing with 200 acres, but not 10. And so they would clip these things and make it seem like that was my plan and then try to rile up the neighbors and say that, you know, I, I hated everybody and all this bullshit. And, um, and now we're fine. I'm totally fine with all the neighbors. No one cares. And then what he's saying right here, uh, what are they saying here? Well, he admits he has no idea what he's talking about. And then he never even looked into it. They never do. Yeah. I ran the gamut of getting out of hand. So I pulled off Facebook. Page. Oh yeah. And, and now Kootenai County times, his whole thing is out of business. Like this guy's 
Good. See, this is beautiful. I love when people actually confront these people with the camera. It's always so much fun to see. And then you see how weak they are and how little they know and how they intentionally lie and what scum they are. Yeah, they're they're cowards. And so he had a a nationally recognized, FBI-recognized pedophile symbol as an earring. And my director, who was interviewing him, was like... uh, uh, do you know that's a pedophile symbol? And he was like, I don't know. And he wouldn't, and he would, it was stammering and wouldn't know how to answer it. And then three days later, he said he got it as a sobriety uh, gift. And how dare me and all this. I'm like, why didn't you say that while we were there then? You, you literally just made up that story. And th- people like this, and he's done pro, you know, I consider um, teaching children homosexuality and stuff like that, like teaching like uh, pushing transgender stuff on kids is a form of pedophilia oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. it sexualizes children. It, I mean, they have books straight up where it's like a 45-year-old man is is teaching a four-year-old how to give him a blowjob. So like they're, right, they're showing exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like how to masturbate with diagrams yeah. in first grade. And so I consider him a pedophile, even if he's never, I don't know what he's done with kids, but like it's not even up for debate because subscribing to that ideology is the sexualization of children whether or not uh people want to pretend it is or isn't it's a fact and so these scumbags are the ones that hate strong males they they someone like me that is unafraid to speak out against um against this type of stuff it makes them very very scared because they're hiding something and they don't want it to be exposed and so then from behind their institutional firewalls like kootenai county times which was just an LLC he made up and then dissolved, he can try and take these shots to destroy what we're building, which is just community oriented. I'm not, I wasn't going to knock on his door unless he attacked me. And so that's why I love for people to check out buildingbertari.com. And that guy I was sitting next to is the cartoonist made by Jim Bob. A lot of people, you know, made by Jim Bob is doing such awesome work and he's been kicked off Instagram and everything like 50 times. And, He's literally just a cartoonist. And so they try and rally everyone around these like subversive cartoonists and artists, but yet you're not allowed to tell the truth. And so the good thing about what's happening to Jim Bob is now there's artists all over the world uh, graffitiing his cartoons all over Australia and Bulgaria and everywhere. Um, it's, It's really epic. And I know that your audience, if they saw one of his cartoons, they'd recognize his style. And so I was fortunate to have him come up and stay with me for a while and help build um, the campground at Bertaria. And another thing I think they thought, yeah, that's uh, that's Jim. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I've seen I've seen these flying around. I didn't know that was yeah, him. Yeah, that was him who was with me. And another thing I think they thought is I was building some form of like full time live in compound with like hundreds of people. And, you know, we we're only using that campground in the summer. And, um, you know, we don't even go up there in the winter and there's not even any permanent structures we're building cordwood cabins and we've uh documented all of it so it's really fun but the people that that attack you are just scumbags and if you just stand up for yourself and refuse to allow yourself to be shamed by literally communist pedophiles um nothing really happens they just take away their privileges yeah absolutely now do you think i have a friend that says 
we have to be like the Mormons and just tell a bunch of good people, move to this area. And I think that you've been doing that, uh, we've been doing that, and we have seen that uh, a, lo- a lot of people coming over to Idaho, which is great because you don't want necessarily logos and websites and come here because yeah. it opens up for, you know, subversion and, and all kinds yeah. of other stuff to happen. So what do you think about that idea, just picking a location and telling people? Because people need to get out of the cities. They need to get out of these horrible, you know, liberal uh, cesspits. Well, I mean, that's what we've been doing now for a few years. Like the bear meetups, we now have, it's decentralized and it's all over the the world. I mean, it's, uh, they'll have Midwest Bear Fest or the, the California bears or, you know, in Los Angeles County, there's a bunch of bears there and they all meet up now, like almost weekly and they started their own uh, farmer's markets. And now you realize how um, second, third level economies just start growing. And so... I've been kind of low key telling people where I live and how great it is. And I've also encouraged people to check out Missouri and Utah and some of these other uh, counties that are really good. But the best thing to do is know 10 people within 10 miles, no matter where you are, start meeting up their strength in numbers and start uh, reinvesting your money and your resources into your own community. It's like a a battery, you know, it's like uh, the concept of kosher that Jewish communities have, I think is, is genius. It's like, okay, they only buy meat and milk from other Jews. They only buy certain types of leather from other Jews. They hire other Jews. It's like, great. Bears should do that. You know, it's like woodshop bear will sell you uh, handmade wood products and, you know, green tea bear will sell you green tea. And then the parasitic extraction of uh, resources from a community uh, lowers. And then your community starts to build. The Mormons know how to do it. The Amish know how to do it. The Mennonites know how to do it. And so, and I think it's fractal. I think it starts with America. You know, you want to buy American products and then you get more into, you know, uh, regional and rather not religious or ethnic tribal associations or um, whatever. But you're just like, you have to start building it yourself. And I think some of these shitholes offer some of the best opportunity for flipping the script on the system because the the los angeles bears are absolutely crushing like they're all starting small businesses and they sell like honey and microgreens and all this because there's so much money in these cities and most of these liberals i i see almost as like uh like lost children or like sheep or something like like they're very uh easily led and they uh they need more guidance and so, you know, I think with numbers and with the proper infrastructure, you can help get people out of their hell and supply them with whatever, whatever resource uh, they need. And then you start weaning yourself out of Walmart because it's like the Chinese invasion is Walmart. You know, I got a bunch of friends that are really uh, hyped up on who's going to attack us and what is happening with the military and all this shit. And I'm like, dude, the military is such old technology for war yeah you know walmart was the invasion and that it's all financial i'm like people are scared they're gonna have their guns taken away i'm like the fear is that you'll sell it for bread like they're not gonna take it they're gonna financially squeeze you until you're in a line with your ar-15 hoping to get some fucking rice pudding (laughs) And, and i'm like that sounds dystopian but the more you know it now the more you you can see past it and it won't happen to you the financial squeeze is everything and and like money is only one of many currencies like community is 
a currency. So like, if you know 50 people within 10 miles, your the price of everything declines. It goes down because um, like, let's say someone like a bear wanted eggs off me or something. I could sell them a dozen eggs for three bucks, two bucks with like yolk so gold, it looks like the sun, you know? And, and, or like, let's say I have an extra water tank hanging around. I, I just give it to somebody. Like I gave a bear a chicken coop that I didn't need and commute and then, and vice versa. And then they'll hook me up with stuff that I might need and they don't have high value for. And that's how you start saving a lot of money. Same with uh, childcare and health and food and protection and, you know, everything is a currency. And so community is a much larger currency than money. And so that's why I've been community building so intensely for uh, so many years now. And it's all just based on a guy who wanted to do comedy on topics that liars and hypocrites refused to admit were funny. You know, like not being able to make fun of Caitlyn Jenner was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So you have this Olympic athlete, you know, who's on the Kardashians um, reality show, starts putting injections into his lips and acting like a woman and you're not going to make fun of that. And so to watch all these comedians like be like, oh, no, that's off limits. I'm like, dude, no, no, it can't. That can't be off limits. They're like Joe Biden's crackhead son. You know, I got no problem. I make fun of all politics. I think most politics is bullshit anyway. But like so you have all these late night comedians, Joe Biden, his son smokes crack and had a child with a stripper. I know. It's just so scandalous. Make fun of that? Yeah. It's no, like and no that's off limits. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's or sacred. church ladies like, when it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the Bruce Jenner, I'm a woman shit. My joke that Dave Chappelle stole was uh, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner's been woman, in, was named woman of the year, but hasn't been a woman for a whole year. Dave Chappelle stole that word for word in his recent special. Uh, that was my joke. I did it five years ago, back when you actually got heat for the trans stuff. The trans stuff is falling apart, just like COVID's falling apart now. Pe most people don't realize it yet, but the trans stuff is r ridiculous. I mean, these people look ridiculous. And you're not fooling anyone. I mean, come on. It's like, <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. And it also backfired. The, I don't know if you guys know the uh, Dave Chappelle's now famous LGBT joke. That's again almost word for word my joke that he stole from me. Um, which was, it starts with the owls. You got the lesbians and they just want to knit and drive Subarus. And then you got the G's that do a little more Coke and sell real estate. And they're kind of banding together and they're going to form a team. And then you got the bees and the bees are like, we'll fuck anybody. And you're like, anybody, they're like anybody. So it keeps going down the line. Then it gets to the T's and the T's are like, we're going to cut our dicks off and burn the world. <laughs> and the L's are like, we should have just knitted and knitted sweaters. And so. My whole bit was that it's an ins it's a waterfall to insanity. Oh yeah, and it doesn't stop at tease. I mean, if you can chop your dick off and pretend you're a woman, why can't you have sex with a child? That's or a next. Donkey? That that pee is going on there, right? Yeah. Right. That that's why it's like it. You have to have a moral high ground in order to criticize any of it, and so that's why marriage is is. Uh, you know, I tell people I'm like consent is marriage. You know, I, I don't. It, it's like you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Or else you can't even criticize gay people because, you know, a lot of dudes are, are living a gay life. It's just with women. It's like if you're going to go to a club and just <laughs> look to hook up and wear a condom and, you know, be with a stranger and run around. I'm like, that's you're literally basically acting like a gay guy. You're just using women. So, you know, 
that it's crazy when you take these things to their logical conclusion and you're like, but anyway, so Dave Chappelle does the bid. Everyone's like, Oh, what a cultural hero. He's really fighting the good fight. I'm like, not it's only, it's only okay when like, they do it, right? You're like, uh, we were doing this years ago, five did, years ago in your case, but now now it's okay because he's doing it. Yeah, and also he subverted it. He tried to make it sound good. Like, my whole point is that it's bad. <laughs> like, the point of my LGBT joke is like, it, it, it's just like burn the whole thing. It, it, it's going to always burn to the ground. And his was like, oh, Caitlyn's a wonderful person and all this shit. I'm like, no, Caitlyn Jenner, and I'll call him Caitlyn if he wants. You can have a name that's weird or whatever, but that's not a woman. And so that's mental in illness. And so I'm not going to pretend that that's. Look at that lovely woman there. Whoa. Well, I, well my I'm just jealous. With, with old Bruce is I think he took so much HGH that his endocrine system shut down and he went, he went nuts. Um, I don't think he makes testosterone anymore. And I think, you know, I think someone that ambitious that was in the Olympics was so juiced out of his mind that I don't think his balls work anymore. And I think it, <laughs> it caused a really weird thing to happen to his brain and endocrine. And then he saw all the attention that the women in his family were having and the narcissist in him wanted that attention and also could no longer uh, produce testosterone. So there you have this insane chemistry experiment. And, it is, and, and it's like to pretend that that's beautiful or healthy is not good for the kids. You know, you think you're, you're helping people's feelings by lying. But in reality, little kids just get super confused and don't know how the world works. And then they get, you know, sad and drug addicted. I don't give a fuck about Bruce Jenner's feelings. Like, that's like a crazy either. dude. Yeah. That's like a crazy person. Like, that guy in the 80s on a bus would be fucking arrested. Yeah, it used to be understood. People used to laugh. Oh, look at that weirdo, that guy in high heels and uh, women's uh, dress and panties or whatever, you know? Like, that's the crazy guy, exactly. That's the crazy guy. Yeah, but now totally. we're in a, a society, that a culture that celebrates crazy. They love mentally unhinged and unsound people. In fact, they uh, propel them front and center as the, the thing to aspire to for our children. It's outrageous. Oh, totally. Like that, that uh, black gymnast that got awards for quitting. It's like... <laughs> you know, it's like that, uh, like Paul from Pockets of the Future called it the year of the broken, where they were celebrating being broken, where it's like the more broken and deranged and perverted and depressed and addicted you were, the better you were. And I, I think it's a collective uh, psychosis where so many people want to hide their own sin that it's almost like a sin Ponzi scheme where uh, people that don't want to be judged for their porn addiction a they don't have the ability to criticize sodomy. And so, and then the sodomites uh, want to hide their shit so they don't have the strength to criticize trans children. And then it just keeps going and going. And it all starts with like just basic self-deception that, you know, being addicted to pornography, supporting pornography is supporting uh, sex trafficking. And there's no, you know, people can pretend it isn't, that it's this super empowered thing, but it isn't. You know, it's like it's it just that, you know, without without pedophilia, there's no there's no female porn stars. So it's like it's amazing that we're even at a place in time where we have to talk about why pedophilia is bad. OK, <laughs> like, oh, totally, totally. It's just it's amazing. A it's a race. They're trying to normalize it faster than the truth is coming out, because I do feel like there's a natural um, explosion of truth right now. And the revelations are getting crazy. And so I think there's a race of these sick people being like, we have to normalize pedophilia because everyone's seeing it now. 
because it was always there. I mean, my town had a problem with it, uh, but it was shamed. It, it was never out in the open. It was always like, uh, it was always hidden and it was always hidden behind these priests or these, you know, these status people. And now it's like trying to be normalized so that they're not all killed again. Cause I, I think that this cycle happens a lot in history. And I think that with the revelations that are coming out about the way the world works, um, there's a race to normalize or be, you know, be persecuted again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's one thing that's a little different that's uh, come up, I think, that hasn't come up like this in history before. But it's uh, the race question. I wanted to get into that with you because, you know... (laughs) People are concerned about the demographic replacement of white people, mass migration. I know some people say, oh, I was not concerned about that. But I, I, I feel that you are. So are, are you concerned about that? If Because white, white people generally are the demographic that's most concerned about uh, freedom, uh, fighting back against vaccines, against globalism. I mean, we're that group. I mean, you had a bunch of white guys helping you build, for instance. The white guys, should I say. Uh, so are you concerned about demographic trends? Uh, I'm not concerned I, I mean, how do I put it? The, some of the, I'll put it this way. Some of the best and people I know that are the most like me and the most like-minded uh, and, and the most freedom-oriented are quote-unquote white. And I actually think race and ethnicity should be more specific than that. Like, what kind of nation is it, you know? Because sometimes I think white is almost like, um, like blank, like empty. And I think it's a way to take away someone saying American or Irish or, or, you know, whatever. And then the biggest cuck liberal freaks I know are also white skin. And so uh, there's a range. I think what what needs to happen is just whatever, uh, whatever you are, whatever you want to support to make more of yourself. And I think that nation building is something that's going to happen now. I think the Bertari is a form of that where it's it's got a very high uh, high child birth rate in it. And I think that a, a lot of these quote unquote white people that, that see whiteness as some form of solution, uh, don't have kids. And I find that to be bitterly ironic and a sign of something. Yeah. Where, well, that, that's dumb. That's, that's not yeah, the correct totally. Path. It's like, yeah. then have a bunch of kids, like then really start building that family stuff again. And I think a lot of people want to be around their own, including some of the mass migrants. I think that we're going to see them go home or go back to where they came from as soon as the fiat uh, motivations stop. And I think that the American way of life, uh, the too many people had abortions and uh, lived a sodomy-based lifestyle that there wasn't enough children to keep their lifestyle going. And so a lot of these um, farms and industry needed workers. And so they started importing um, migrants. And so those people are having a lot more children to work. And then with that comes, you know, lower average IQ or a different way of life or a more oppositional culture to your own culture, which is pretty obvious. And, you know, that happened in America with the Irish and, um, and a lot of people don't want to admit that, you know, it's easy just to say white, but what does white mean? Like when the Irish first came, they were a bunch of uh, drunken, you know, crazy people. And I'm half Irish, allegedly, or whatever that means. But the the native population were like, these people are, are going to be a problem for our way of life. And they kind of were. I mean, the Kennedys and a lot of that liberal shit that came in with that wave of Italians and, and Irish were a shot at the American nation. And then with each wave, it gets more and more 
different than the original idea of America. But I just think areas will be more fractured and people will connect to their roots organically and individually. And I think a, a good rhetorical argument for people that uh, want to demonize the word racism, uh, I got from my friend Vox Day, he's a really good guy. And the, the word wasn't originally coined by Trotsky, it was this uh, general in the Civil War named Pratt. And it originally was to uh, demonize any Indian tribe that wanted to keep their culture. And so the irony about racism is if you believe that you have a right to have ethnic homogeny, more or less ethnic homogeny, a language, a, uh, uh, a food that you all eat, you know, clothing style. Sorry, my dog's barking a little bit. Hey, love! I think they're outside. But that was called racist. And so the irony about all these liberals that are all about Indians, where they're like, oh, the Indian, oh, the Cherokee. It's like when the Indian wanted to keep their nation intact and wanted to keep their hunting practices intact and who they were, they were called racists. And they were racist because they wouldn't join this Borg that was now taking over the area. And I'm indifferent to it either way. You know, it's like, it is what it is, but it's just very ironic. All of it is very ironic where it's like, where it's like, uh, we have a right to self-determine. We have a right to acknowledge that ethnicity is a tree. And although we all are from the human race, it's more like the trunk, then you have branches, you know, you have Asian, Caucasian, black, I don't know, Hispanic or something. And then off those branches, you have uh, other branches and then twigs and then leaves. And that's really what it is. And your branch does matter. You know, your, your, your twigs do matter. Your, your support branches do matter. And so that's why I think rhetorically uh, the quote unquote globalists have a little edge by saying there's only one race, the human race. They do have a point. That being said, we also have our own uh, right to have our own branch, our own like part of the tree. And if you only focus on the trunk, uh, the tree dies, like the whole tree dies. You have to do the best job you can with your nation. And you know, like, um, like Sweden isn't England, like Sweden isn't uh, Sicily, you know? And so that's why the term white, I think can be, uh, although it can be useful at times, I think there is uh, a slight spell around it because although there is tendencies and like IQ differences and stuff like that, I think the real strength of a nation is, is much more specific and much more um, moral. So I think it's and, different maybe in, in America. I totally agree with the whole ethnicity thing. I mean, I'm married to a Swedish man and he doesn't like just being called white, you know what I mean? Yeah, so like yeah, when, when you go to Europe, I mean, it's the it's true diversity, right? You have the Swedes, the Germans, you have Slavs, you have Irish people, and that's beautiful. And they love to be to be called those things. But um, yeah, in America, I guess it, it's, it's different because we are, uh, you know, so commingled uh, different uh, European people. So they kind of are a blend of all these different things. But they still they still look white to their enemies you know they're white right so they put us in that category when they when they like to attack us and i was looking at something too you, you've probably seen too uh was it being on time being self-sufficient uh, traditional uh, values those things it's all being attacked now also as white supremacists so a lot of times when i use the term white uh, i didn't even think of myself oh i'm white i grew up in a white place it just didn't occur to me to think in racial terms not until they started attacking me all the time for being being white, then I felt like the need to to d defend myself. You know? And who do you think they is? You ever think about who they is? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you could go back farther, like uh, Frankfurt School, right? Critical race right. theory. That's that's the roots of where all that is. And I think it's that uh, certain uh, ethnic tribe there that is uh, constantly paranoid about, uh, you know, fascism uprising, uh, another uh, Holocaust scenario or something. So they're paranoid about that potential thing happening at all times. They live in fear of that potential thing happening at all times. So one of the ways where they feel that they can prevent that is through attacking attacking us, right? And I think that one of those things that one of the ways that they want to attack us is Oh, you know, global homo, we're all mixed. We're all the human race, right? Therefore, what is European heritage anyway? They don't do this for any other people, right? It's always, well, what is white anyway? And I think ultimately the goal is to destroy our connection to our roots uh, because generally when people are mixed, like let's say they're, you know, half black, they just don't care so much anymore about things like their their ancestors and, and the things they work so hard for anymore. Their priorities shift, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they farm humans like the they. And so... I've done uh, whole videos on how to farm goats where you entice them with grain, which is pornography and corn syrup. You put dead around their neck and you milk their children's future. And then so the divide and conquer is a way to way to go. And so I think that each race or each tribe or each group has a different weakness. So the way they uh, uh, suppress, let's say, blacks in America, and they do do that to them, too, which is different. Because you're right, they are less, uh, typically, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the weather of where you grew up. Like, I think winter-oriented people tend to save better, look for the towards the future, have a higher trust. Um, because in the winter, if you don't have that, ever, the village dies. And then you have an area with abundance and fruit and all this shit. And so it's just different priorities. So, you know, I mean, if you're looking at Africans, it's like their whole country is, their whole continent is named after a roman general i mean their roots have been snipped like just like anybody and then their whole music genre is all created by a certain tribe of people in america like uh liar cohen and uh all these his name is literally liar cohen and all these guys made nwa dr dre all this shit just to keep pumping that degeneracy because i think the weakness of uh overall if i was farming just hypothetically if i was farming the weakness of, of a lot of black Americans is impulse control. So it's like, you know, get those high tops, get that fat ass, whatever it is, like pumping that in. And the weakness of a, a quote unquote white, the more northern climate people would be cucking and shame. So it's like uh, the, the need for social approval from all your neighbors, even if you're insane. So so that's so it's not it's like that's why I don't view other races or nations as my enemy that's one reason i live in the north because i think eventually no matter what uh dark like uh people from other nations don't don't want to live in the north i think that just so you really know i know we we know the one black guy who lives way up in <laughs> your county <laughs> yeah. yes and he listens to red eyes just just so you know uh, totally. so, yeah, so we, we well, i yeah. mean he, he wants to be around white people with his wife and, and all this stuff but they're they're supporters but so we do have a lot of non-white supporters that are, are that are in the west uh that that understand and they get it and we appreciate them and it's great having conversations with them we don't hate people just because oh my god oh, my skin totally. color or whatever yeah. and we have a lot of people outside of america other nationalists in other countries who totally sync up with us because they're against globo homo but they're just not you know coming over coming over into the west but what exactly. i find about what i find i know race isn't the only thing but there's a lot of white liberals that they don't admit 
that they like white people's stuff. So they may talk a big talk and they're brainwashed to talk this big anti-white talk. But they, at the end of the day, they do like their nice, safe white neighborhoods. Now, I used to live in a very liberal white neighborhood and I got along just fine with these people until they Googled me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, I'm the same way. So there is yeah, this that's the irony. I get the same stuff because I'm, you know, I, I don't pull back on any opinion, no matter the shame. I, I, I'm like one of those... Uh, I'm almost, it's almost like the black guy in Idaho that doesn't have the impulse control problem. He's like one of the unicorns. I'm one of the whites that doesn't have the uh, the shame bullshit gene where when someone's like, oh, how dare you? You're not allowed to come to my party. You're, you know, you made fun of abortion or something. I'm like, good. I don't want to go anyway then, you know? And they're like, wait a minute. This isn't supposed to work. You're white. Like you have to cuck. And so it's really interesting that... Um, yeah, I also get a lot of support from from other nations and other groups that can uh, relate to us about traditional values. And a lot of them don't want to come here. That's one of the problems with mass migration is you're going to get like as Donald Trump said, and I, I'm not a big fan of his these days, but he said they're not sending their best. And that's a fact. You're going to get the group of them that um, that are enticed by you know, money and greed and, and they're be, or they're being like kicked out of their uh, country. And so, yeah, I think a financial collapse or something like that would end all of it. And everyone would probably either go home or find their own uh, communities and it wouldn't affect me. I think one of the ways to uh, get around the spell is to think smaller. You know, I tell people not to think country, think county. You know, yeah, you no, I'm totally Europe, with you there. Thinking, yeah, thinking think locally, Europe or yeah. America or Canada. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, you read a story like some like Somalians whacking it in some like steam room in Toronto and chasing it, and you're like, go back home and all this shit, and you're like, that's thousands of miles from me. So in yeah. my area, what would it mean if you see a lot of migrants? It would mean that your economic system is collapsing, and and the area doesn't have the right. Uh, population replacement or people aren't willing to do the jobs you know one of the problems with the whites is they got too rich i mean they got too pampered yeah you know these are some tough realities i mean i'd love to say that you know everybody's just attacking the whites and you know the whites they were uniquely attacked and all this shit i think we got so crazy rich and so successful like the british empire and then the american empire that they stopped wanting to you know i always say like pick your own cotton and you don't have slaves, you know, like if Americans were like excited about picking their own cotton and didn't want to uh, undercut the local wages with Africans, I mean, we wouldn't be dealing with a lot of the problems we have now. And, and it's always the Africa. elites that are that are ruining everything, you know, the, yeah, they're the ones, they're the ones who like, don't want to pick the cotton. I mean, I, I know very few whites in cities, especially that would ever be willing to shovel animal manure like they, they're like. No, I don't do that. You know, it's this mentality. And that's why I really try to push, uh, you know, really enjoying and taking pride in manual labor because that will do so much more for stopping mass migration than um, than just, you know, complaining about it because there's a reason. It's like It's like a vacuum. It's like a natural vacuum. There's a reason that people will come to an area. It's because there isn't enough labor. And uh, that's from birth rate and that's from uh, people not willing to do those jobs. Like every really based small, like white small town area I've lived, you know, they do their own labor. They, they build their own, you know, shelving and they mow their own lawns. You know, I used to be a, 
after being in three Adam Sandler mo- movies, I was basically a landscaper. I was uh, uh, helping my brother do tree work. And if you get to an area that's so cosmopolitan that the locals, the natives don't want to do their own labor, you're going to get migrants. That's one and of the things when we, one of the things when we came to Idaho is like, look, honey, it's white guys mowing the lawn outside. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like young girls going to clean people's houses and like like how when we grew up, you know, how it should be. But I'm so with you on the local thing. It's too much to think of the big country. I think we need to think in terms of regions and that's probably how things are going to split up anyway. Territories yeah. move, they change, they shift. You know, we've had periods of that in, in European history. Thinking in terms of tribe and finding your people, uh, people that you really gel with that are that are family and thinking in terms of a village that can weather, you know, really hard potential times, right? Oh, 100%. Like right there, you see these images of like these hordes coming off the the thing, but then you see a white guy in a mask, like a cock, you know, you're like, why are you wearing a mask outside? You know? And like, I'm just like, where's your strength? And that's why Idaho, parts of Scandinavia, you know, areas where you have certain like really strong men, you're not going to get that because you're going to be like, I just see these, these, I used to do a, I, I gave a real estate algorithm to some friends so that they could make a lot of money in LA where it's it, the, the way that a, a neighborhood acquires wealth is the, the flags are, it goes gangs, artists, gays, hipsters, yoga mats. So it starts with gangs, violence. You know, you have whole city blocks taken over by gangs. So in comes in the artists because they want cheap places because they're a little mentally unstable, but they make beautiful art. That draws in the gays that have more money and they clean everything, which brings in the hipsters, the trustafarians that bring in just a huge amount of money. And then you have the single girl along with the yoga mat. That's now not the case. That was the case for a while. And a lot of people, I was like, buy right as the gays come in. That, and then you could make million, you double your money in three years if you did that. And so now it is, where did the churches stay open and where did people not wear masks? Because that shows low dependence and, high, and low fear. And so now the new algorithm is like what you just said about uh, white guys mowing their lawn. That's what people have to look for. It's these little tells, these little clicks of like, if you see a bunch of migrants mowing everyone's yard in a rich neighborhood in 10 years, those people will have taken their houses. Like I've done cartoons called Jose's new home, uh, for red pill rooster where it's like, it's like, Hola. it's like, and then you got the homeowner. It's like, Oh yeah, here's $5 an hour and raise my kids and everything. And then it just shows the progression of the white liberal being like, yeah, defund the police. Oh, of course. And that gets to the point where the Mexican's like, yeah, I'm going to take your house now. And the guy's like, oh, no way, Jose. And the guy's like, and the guy just shoots him. I mean, it's a cartoon, so it's funny. But if you aren't doing your own labor, the laborers will take over. They will outbreed you. They will take your wives. I mean, I've known a bunch of billionaires in L.A. And they are cucked. And their wives are not faithful at all. And they would rather be with a... Dominican pool boy than their investor investment banker husband. And like, that is the fall of a nation. It's just a lot of us don't have a big enough time frame to see it. You know, in a hundred years, they're all dead. Like their their bloodline. Yeah, and maybe that's a good thing, huh? That's 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 where I'm getting at. Like all of this is like a good uh, eugenics (laughs) experiment for our people. So then we can shed off all those weak ones, and then we're left with the the good solid ones. You know. Yeah, and the Mexicans, their birth rate is starting to drop in Southern California. It's fascinating. Like they now want the more liberal they get, the less kids they have, right? 
yeah, they're having less kids. They're now feeling oppressed. Like, oh, I want white privilege and all this bullshit. It's killing their uh, their entire force. So their force was their labor. So they're super valuable. They have eight kids. They'll all work all day long. Bang, bang, bang. Once they got the money and the status in America, uh, they either, you know, like now they're they're facing the same problem that Protestant America faced, which is like, you know, I'm going to uh, I'm going to travel the world and have adventures. And I, I'm only 38 and I just have to figure out who I am. And then you're always like, uh, want, you know, th- like that victim mentality, they lose their whole uh, their whole uh, furnace. And so that's why I'm optimistic for the future, because the people that get it are going to get it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like the victimy, shitty, you know, uh, type people are going to not have kids or they're just going to collapse. Like the, the fiat system will not keep um, inflating them. And then you will have a natural eugenic system. I mean, like right now, this fear is a eugenic program where people are covering their face and injecting themselves and they won't hug their, anybody. They're not going to have kids. They're not going to have a family. They're not going to impress a woman. You know, no woman is going to be like, I want him to impregnate me. What a brave, strong man. You know, and so that whole group dies. I literally saw an article. We talked about this on a flashback Friday where this uh, shit lib female was complaining because her husband won't take off his mask during sex. (laughs) Oh, totally. Totally. And like that woman isn't going to be like, I want to have another child with you. Like it's it's like these fearful cucked men. And so uh, that's the thing. And and, and I don't think a lot of these mass migrant types want to live in a cold environment. There's gonna there's a whole other angle, but I think they get uh, a lot of health problems from lack of sunshine. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, like, and, and if the money like, dries up, if the system collapses, there'll be a lot a lot less of them trying to get in too. Because right now, totally. like the hordes of Mordor at the borders, the, you know they're coming in for the Gibbs and the sneakers and the iPhones. Right. Totally. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. And they shouldn't. And they and they would then be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here if they don't have this em- empiric you know, slop that keeps thrown into America. Like we're actually suffocating on our own wealth, which this is the irony about a lot of communist nations that my friend Vox pointed out is like, at least they still have an ethnic nation like Poland, Hungary, Romania. Then you look at England, England has been bred out in a lot of areas. You know, you have the country of England is still doing fine, but a lot of America, the global homo really fucked England. And, uh, a lot of the countries that still had communism, as bad as communism was, at least there's still such a thing as Polish people. You know, at least Romania still has Romanians. The 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 central bank mass migrant dollar is God situation is what causes this. And I think a lot of nations in the past have fallen because of that. It's like, are you going to take a dollar over a child, over your child being born? Or are you going to let another man protect your wife, another man feed your kids. It's like, okay, cuck, here comes in a guy that doesn't view that way and he might have a low IQ and he might be holding a machete, but at least he's not a cuck. And so I say these things to inspire uh, and almost like slap men in the face, like fucking try harder, have more kids, work harder, don't be a pussy. Yeah. Because it it's needed, you know, because I see it with some of the, uh, because obviously you don't want to live in like a, a black... Like the truth that everyone knows is when your neighborhood turns black, it starts to suck. And I'm not going <laughs> to like everyone knows that. So it's, it's the like, truth. Yeah. So it's like you can pretend that that isn't the case or not. But but just complaining about it doesn't do anything. And the individual guy with the dark skin isn't your enemy. It's the fact that um, your 
financial and demographic systems have imploded and it's your fault. And we have to take ownership. We have to be like, okay, was I, you know, um, did, was I just not looking to build my nation, my family for most of my fertile years? It's like, yeah. And you can't blame that on a black guy. And also some people, you know, there's a realization too, that you've been duped, you know, being honest with yourself that like, okay, I was brainwashed for a long time, but I'm coming out of it. But now I can rectify the situation. Uh, Last thing I wanted to talk about too, is people getting blackpilled. Like there's no need for people to get blackpilled. I've I've come to a point where I can watch things happen now. And just, I expect the insanity and I can laugh when I feel like, okay, just let the force do its work. Because it's gonna, it's yeah. gonna work its way out. We're in a cycle. There's a lot of things that can happen. Still, it's not all over. People are just waking up to things, and there's always some exciting surprises along the way too. Good ones, dude. I had one of the best years of my life the last year and the year before that. It's like if you look too macro and you look too from what we're being presented, you can get blackpilled. Where you're like, wait a minute, they just had a trans story hour in the church, like. And then you're like, what? So this is America. And you just go down that whole path. But if you don't do that, if you look at the wins in your life, like I, I started back again, I was like on various Hollywood pedestals and went right back into the dirt. And had, and I think that's one reason why I uh, have some of these insights is you have to take wins when you get them. Like, like when you, uh, when I first, when my wife first could make our own cheese, like that was insane. It was like magic. When I first realized that I don't need X, Y, Z, or that uh, some of the, the worst people, like the people that fall for the most fear spells have the most money. And it really shows you that you didn't miss out on anything. And so when you keep it really local and you keep it like, what can you do to stop pedophilia, be a good father and a good community leader. That's how you stop it. You know, you can fantasize about white hats and Q and trunk and all these stuff all you want but that, that that's that's a that's a dream that's like not reality what's reality is most pedophilia happens because someone's shirking their responsibility and a child is being raised by strangers and 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 predators can smell um single moms that want status and money or some shit and it's like that's how you end it and like don't ever go to a church like that <laughs> you know and just be honest about it you know and it's like and the self-righteousness too, I think is a little, uh, is a little, uh, you know, black, like a lot of black pillars have a lot of self-righteousness. Cause I, I, I consider myself a Christian, but I, I'm, I also consider myself like a pagan adjacent Christian. Like I, I acknowledge like the solstices and the equinoxes and my, um, my European heritage of like, you know, different aspects, like different, uh, aspects of nature being represented as gods and goddesses and how like, even our Monday through Friday days are like various, like, uh, you know, Frida and, and all these different, you know, like Freya, moon Friday is, is, yeah. the day, is like the day of the moon, you know, Sunday, the day of the sun, you know, Christmas is blatantly a pagan holiday and I still celebrate it, you know, it, but the lying is the problem with it where people are like, oh no, it's only Christian or it's like. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, I don't like this Christian pagan infighting, and that's one thing that I find that's special up here. I have a lot of friends that are that are both, you know, that are Christian, that are pagan, and we get together. We just had a big solstice gathering, for instance. Totally. And and, and it, it's cool. The Christians, I understand that there was a pre-Christian heritage, and it's a folk tradition. It's not demonic or satanic, or that had nothing exactly. to do with it. You know, it's being in touch with the forces of nature and the seasons and farming and fertility and all those wonderful things. But yeah, I think that's nonsense exactly. to be fighting over. 
over those things because we do have both of those things have become a, a part of our heritage, you know. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. That, and like I live right near Odin Bay. It's like it's part of Idaho's heritage. And it's not demonic. You know, it's not Satanism. Like, paganism isn't... Because my mom... Liberalism. Uh, now that got, is Satanism. <laughs> yeah, my mom got more into paganism when I was younger and wrote a book about uh, Earth-centered spirituality. And, you know, it was called Called to Healing, where it was about, like, uh, reconnecting with uh, with our, like, more European history and, and just, like, the roots of farming and all that. And it's so not demonic. And I just think that the... I believe in a single God creator, but other than that, I think that's almost like a philosophical argument versus like, Oh, you're the bad one. I'm the good one. I think is total bullshit. And I think that, uh, you know, like Benjamin Balderson is one of my favorite people and he calls himself a heathen. I don't know if that's different than pagan, but, um, I think that that all those in all that infighting has to, has to stop. Yeah. It's lame. Cause it's just like, so not, we have more important things to do here. We're we're building things for, <laughs> for yeah, exactly. We're building exactly. communities, and we can fight about those things later, really. And and honestly, people's spirituality and who they pray to. I mean, that's a, a really private thing, and we share a lot of the other same goals. So it's just kind of pointless fighting about that. But Owen, how can people support you, and where can they watch and follow you these days? Well, I know you have to list like ten so, things. Uh, if they want to support or donate or something, the best way is PO Box four ninety Sandpoint Idaho eight three eight six four. And that's another cool thing that's happened is uh, as the layers have gotten ripped from me, I mean, the post office still works great. The material, like reality is still intact and great. So to not be blackpilled, it's like, it's it's almost like they, like nature or God or whatever, like pulled it off, like pulled the, pulled the blindfold from my eyes and said, PayPal is recent and gay. Like, you don't need it. <laughs> You know, and so also unauthorized.tv where we, uh, uh, Stefan Mollen, who's on there and Vox Day and all those guys, uh, me and Vox started this a few years ago with our own servers and our own streaming platform and everything. So you can subscribe there. And then also uh, I'm on bitchshoot.com slash Owen Benjamin, uh, entropystream.live slash Owen Benjamin. And I live stream every day, you know, with, uh, I'm also on Gab, Odyssey, basically all the places that you're on. And uh, like a big win is my alt platforms just broke 10 million views. So when they kicked me off um, YouTube, I was at like 140 million views. And I was like, and then I'm watching the bit shoot numbers and I'm like, fuck. And now I'm starting to see that we really are gaining on it. I and was just so, going to say that this year I've noticed there's been a lot of growth in the uh, alt tech platforms. And I think, too, the scamdemic, so many people have been banned from YouTube, doctors, professional researchers, biologists, for crying out loud, that more people are having to post on these other platforms. And there's getting uh, there's a lot more traffic over there now. Yeah, it's great. And so, yeah, and I, I live stream every day. I mean, last year we just did the math. I live streamed for 30 days and nights. Wow. So I do... Uh, Cause you know, as someone who was raised, oh, that's uh, which one's that? Is that Cod? But anyway, I was uh, I was raised in comedy, so I was doing Bob and Tom and all these like morning radio shows. Like I'm sure I've done every Portland show you've ever listened to, and uh, and those guys would go three, four hours a day, and so I tried to set my standard as a comedy radio show for people that are working and they can listen to me in the background, and so I do do truth or shit and piano stuff and all that, but. Uh, you know, I always try to keep it funny. I always try to make sure that I try to make people laugh at least a few times per episode. And, um, yeah, I make fun of all the taboo shit that they try and shame people into not mocking, which 
crazy. So I, I do all that stuff. So if anybody's missing that from their comedy that's world, the only I'm stuff still... that's funny anymore. I mean, come on, that that's it. <laughs> well, you, I, it, it's just nuts. I mean, uh, especially the racial stuff. It's like, how can people not make fun of race or religion or any of this shit? That's, yeah. Or like men and women being different or like sexual predators. It's like, I know. And it used to be that people could just make fun of themselves. You know, like, I don't care. People tell white jokes or whatever. Like, and like white people haven't cared about that for a long time, you know? Yeah, like, I don't they, care they, about it at all because I do black jokes. I, I think some white people get, uh, get, get bummed out because they're like, you know, like when I was doing stuff with like Steven Crowder and they'd be like, well, how come they can say the N word and we can't? I'm like, Nigger. well, you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm you like, just say I, it. You can. And so that's why, you know, you won't get your big fancy paychecks, people, but like, you can. Oh, say man, it. that's so fucking funny, dude. I just had to lock my bike just because I'm talking to you, you know? Yeah. And, and they're like, ah, you know, because they know they fucking steal bikes more than white people steal bikes. <laughs> so it's like, no one, no one doesn't know this shit. I know. That's one thing that I know, like, like looking at, you know, demographic replacement, shit like that. I think it's more complicated than people think in the sense that I think it's very financial and it's very driven by sin and uh, what the current society is trading. Like, if you want cheap shit at Walmart, you're going to get migrants. Like, that's just a reality. So, but on a, on just a basic level, everybody knows this shit. Everybody knows, like when I was on Sullivan and Son, me and uh, Roy Wood Jr. and uh, the black lady from uh, Ghostbusters, that movie. Uh, I can't remember her name. Oh yeah, the, the fat one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean she's she's a cool comic. I mean that's that's why I say who is they because we used to joke about color people time CPT, and so they explained it to me. They're like, man, color people always show up fucking late. It's like color people time, and so I'm being like. Oh, dude, they're late because they're colored. And they'd laugh because the joke was, you know, I couldn't quite understand. So I'm like, oh, the colored people are always late. And so anyway, we're having all this good time and we're letting off steam because everybody, you know, has to be able to mock their differences or uh, you explode. And then from, you know, Mount Olympus, the fucking agenda starts coming down. And then everyone started pretending that we weren't just doing that. That was the thing that that almost made me crazy where I was like, we just were mocking that. And it's like, you know, man, it's been a lot of oppression. And I'm like, you taught me colored people time. And that was the thing where I, it was like body snatch shit where I'm like, do you know, you said that like five days ago, you know? And so, and then I realized these people are just going to say and do like puppets, anything that they're told just to keep their lollipops in their fancy pants. And it always runs out and they will always be thrown off the high horse. And well, and I'm not even worried about it anymore. I'm just going to be building my garden and my animals and all this shit and uh, having a great time, you know? All right. Well, it's been nice connecting with you finally and you too. getting yeah, to hear thanks. a little more for you and appreciate you making time for us. And, uh, Hello, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Cheers. Well, that's it, everybody. Remember, you can find all our links and content on redice.tv and redicemembers.com. It's really that easy. We're not on any of the dark corners of the internet or anything like uh, Owen Benjamin. We appreciate all you guys and gals, and we'll see you on the next one. Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. 
Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like Red Ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.